Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week we're going to be talking about Beast Children, a manga series that covered the interesting sport of rugby. And joining us today is rugby specialist Dan. Hey, how's it going? I am hope to give some good content on the rugby parts of this. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Well, yeah, thanks for having me on. To get into the actual plot of the manga, Beast Children is the tale of Sakura Shishigaya, a high school freshman with dreams of playing rugby after being inspired by professional player Onotar Iki. Sakura is determined to play despite his small size, and we follow his growth as both a player and as a person. He's committed to becoming a great rugby player and take on his rival, Yokita Iki, son of Onotara. Ultimately, Sakura earns his place on the team by being its heart to go with the team's beast-like soul. Is there anything you guys would like to add to that description? Does he? <laughs> because I feel like the manga kind of ends in training camp when they're just kind of like, hey, newbie, you want to be the heart of the scrum? That is true. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble really describing it because there's a lot of nothing that just happens and then just kind of ends. Yeah. A lot of the other mangas we've covered have like time skips or at least like introduce something with like the last like five chapters so they can feel like they resolve something. But this one like just kind of stops. Yeah, and that's a good point. I remember we were talking a little while ago about how I think you said, hey, Jordan, I wonder if we're ever going to do a manga that doesn't have a time skip. Well, we did. Actually, this one technically does have a time skip. I mean, it's got a flashback. Well, no, because he starts in middle school, and then they jump to high school. I guess. Yeah, that's like a summer. They jump to middle school, and then they jump to high school. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the first thing we see, he's like a baby Mm -hmm. who likes my hero, Academia. And he's at a rugby match, and he falls onto the field somehow? Mm Mm-hmm. And this big guy named Onotoro Iki comes over and picks him up and he's like, you got really excited for rugby, right? Because you fell over. And that's sort of a Sakura's moment where he falls in love with rugby. Yeah. But it's also really clear that actually he just falls in love with Onotoro Iki. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely an element we will be going into detail. How about you, Dan? Is there anything else you'd like to add to the description? As the rugby expert here, so typically you play game of 15s in the fall. Then you have sevens in the spring. Mm-hmm. I guess like training camp would be like pre-summer going into fall. So it seems like they skip a lot, but it's weird because it's just like they play one game of 15s, one game of sevens, and then they're just like practicing scrums at the end and it just ends. That was just kind of weird. And also he was playing 14, which is like a wing position. You're a smaller player. Mm-hmm. There's like no way in hell any team brings that person as the eight man in scrum. Like that, that just never happens. Can you give um, some context of what an eight-man is? So in a scrum, you have the two props, the hooker in the front, and then you have the two locks that are pretty much like right after the first row. So they're the second row. Mm-hmm. There's two flankers on the outside, and then you have the eight-man in the back. So the eight-man basically can see the whole scrum mm-hmm. as it's happening. They have to be really fast, too, because when the scrum comes, there's plays where they pick up the ball and run, and then they might give it to the scrum half, and who gets it to the fly half, and then go to the backs. It has to be like a veteran, someone who really knows the game, and like you have to be strong. Mm-hmm. Like, Sakura is not strong at all. Well, he's got very strong legs. Yes. <laughs> thick legs. Yeah, everyone has very thick legs in this series. <laughs> to clarify, would you say that, like, the eighth man is, like, the, uh... Quarterback? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the closest to a quarterback type figure? Uh, almost. So the scrum half is more of, like, a quarterback. So in, like, normal rugby play, there's gonna be, a ta- like, a tackle half. And they didn't really show this at all. I was kind of disappointed, but, like, I felt like they showed a lot of rugby that, like, if someone didn't know about rugby, you could understand it. But basically, you get tackled, then a ruck and then the scrum half is the one that cleans out the ruck. What's a ruck? Um, so basically, you get tackled, then you have to place the ball behind you, mm-hmm. and then a ruck will form as like what someone on your team that wasn't tackled will go over the ruck to protect the ball, mm-hmm. and then like a defender can clean out the ruck, and like that's how you win the ball through rucks. Is like if the defender cleans out that defending player, they can go grab the ball and steal it. But it's pretty hard because typically you'll come in pods of three, so you have a person that runs, gets tackled, then you have two people to make the rock mm-hmm. and then the scrum half just comes in and then we'll take it out to the next pod so that's mostly forward play and then the scrum half will be the one that gets it to the fly half so scrum half is typically the quarterback oh okay yeah it would have been nice to see that yeah right so like that sounds like it might be uh, a little more interesting than what we actually got which was i don't know what we got really i guess that was rugby Main character doesn't really seem to know that much about rugby. But aside from just the main character, one of the weirdest characters in this is, like, his friend Sora. Yeah. 
who I don't really understand what he's even doing here. Yeah, he's a soccer player, and then, like, the entire time we're reading it, I'm like, oh, he's gonna join the team, because there's, like, a big arc where he's got six people and he needs a seventh. Yeah. But then he just doesn't, and he doesn't even show up to their games until, like, the last minute, because the manager, like, called and needed someone to help them. It seems like his only connection to Sora is that they're next-door neighbors, and they just kind of hang out, but he has absolutely no bearing on the plot. Yeah. Except to receive exposition, because he doesn't know anything about rugby. Yeah. That's literally his only point of being in here mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still definitely the best character in the series absolutely unquestionably <laughs> onotora iki is uh the looming figure over this entire series he he's this huge literally huge rugby star are they pro rugby players not really in japan it's very weird because like Australia and, like, I guess that Indonesia area, they have their own, I think they call it Super League, and then, like, Europe has its own thing. I was writing about him in my notes, and I realized, wait a minute, was he professional? Was he getting paid for that? Or was he getting paid for being a high school gym coach? (laughs) (laughs) Probably the gym coach, that's my guess. I mean... I can't imagine a rugby player gets paid very much. No, not really. Especially in Japan. Yeah. So Yukito is Onotora Iki's son, and he's kind of an asshole to Sakura, but I don't blame him, because Sakura is fucking annoying. Yeah, he just keeps bothering him, because, like, Sakura is, like, obsessed with rugby, but he just doesn't even know how to play it. At one point, they explain kicking to him, and he seems surprised that kicking is in the sport, and it's like, dude, I don't know shit about rugby, I know they kick in rugby. And the big thing, too... It's like he plays wing, and you're a big kicker. If you play wing, like, you're kicking a lot. So, like, the fact that he doesn't know that is even more dumb. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out on quite how stupid this manga is, because I don't know enough about rugby. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty dumb. But I think you've got it. Yeah. We've got the sports game. we got the sports game. All down. All the handball. <laughs> I love how Yukito is, like, a legit asshole to Sakura, but, like, I don't feel bad. Yeah! Like, for instance, one of the things he does is, like, Sakura is like, obsessed with going to the same high school as him so they can play rugby together, and he, like, wears Yukito down so he'll say which high school he's going to, and then he tells him the wrong one, like, on purpose, so they don't go to high school together. Yeah, but he still cares about him for some reason. This is, like, the part that I was just so confused by, because... He's still, he's looking out for Sakura. Like, he sends a message to Shin, who is, like, the captain of the rugby team. And he's like, look out for this guy. He's great. And it's like, what? All they have is that he played tag with Sakura once. And Sakura beat him in a game of tag. Yep. And I think Yukito was impressed by his muscular legs. Mm -hmm. And just told Shin to look out for him. And like, dude, you have no reason to help this guy. Yeah, Shin, though, is, like, complete Chad through and through. Absolute Chad. Oh, total Chad. They're doing, like, the welcome thing, and he just shows up, like, half naked, and he's, like, flexing his body, and he's like, join rugby, where we're all, like, beefy men, and he he jumps out of, like, a second-story window (laughs) because he's getting in trouble with the principal. See, I love that, though. That was hilarious. The way that he does it is he's standing next to Sakura, and then he looks at Sakura's legs, and he's like, wow, you have really strong legs. Here, let me wrap this string around (laughs) your leg, and I'll jump out of the window holding onto it. (laughs) And then it, it breaks, and Sakura's just like, what were you doing? Yeah. Sakura, who's wearing long slacks at this point. The last character, I think, of note is Onotara himself, where he's just this, like, really, like, amazing rugby player, apparently. We don't actually really see him play, and he just inspired Sakura, and apparently he's got some medical condition that causes him to just die on the field after, like, a really intense game. Yeah, what the fuck? That was so confusing. So the way they set it up is it's like, he played even though he was injured, and he died from his injuries right after the match. Like, there's a scene where, um... A reporter goes up to him and is like, asks, starts asking him questions, and he's like, "Fuck you, let me just tell you, uh, tell you my last words, basically." And then he just dies. <laughs> it's amazing that he knew exactly when he would die. Yeah, my interpretation is he had like a heart condition or something. Rugby is probably not good for your heart, given all the starting and stopping you have to do. That's the thing. I would buy it more if that were the case, but I think they say he played because he was injured, and that's why he died. Oh. 
<laughs> Stupid. Yeah, it's really dumb. And they don't explain what the injury was. It's calling on you to remember, oh yeah, I remember when I watched a movie when that happened, and that was sad. <laughs> And then one thing I noticed is I feel like he was like the All Might of the series. So All Might was like this mentor inspirational figure in My Hero Academia, which is this like superhero manga. And the funny thing though is that My Hero Academia is a series in the universe of this. Yeah. So I wonder if it was intentional that he essentially was ripping off that character. I really think he was. I really got that sense from Onotora. Even the way he's always smiling, his eyes are like closed, like All Might's are at all times. It's very close. Yeah. And then were there any other characters you guys wanted to discuss? So I forget her name, but the manager. I thought like, I thought she was kind of interesting, and I wish they dove more into that. I kind of wish they dove into her a little bit more. When you first see the rugby team, they imply that each member is important in their own way. And each member is like, Shin specifically says, you're my claws and you're my eyes and you're my legs and I'm the heart. But like, we never learn anything about those characters. Nope. So yeah, there's really no other characters to talk about. <laughs> it's true. That's a good point. We'll go into detail um, in the why it failed section. But the next part I'd like to talk about is the manga details. Yeah. So just for context, this manga was created by Kento Terasaka. There really isn't much known about him, except he made a miniseries called Ringo, which was four chapters, and that was also about rugby. Oh. As far as I can tell, it's never been translated. Oh. I don't know if it's any different, but the art actually seems to be better. It's not that hard. Yeah. And so this series, though, ran from May 26, 2019 to December 1st. 2019 it was 27 chapters making three volumes and in terms of popularity oh boy i think it capped out at like 14th place which for context is usually you're ranked out of probably 15 or 16th so this series at best i think came in third to last place so at best this was just barely not on the chopping block I actually am very surprised it didn't get canceled faster, because it actually 27 is a lot longer than, like, Golem Hearts and Zipman, which, polling-wise, seem to have done better. Yeah! Like, for all the shit I said about Golem Hearts and Zipman, they're better than Beast Children. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Rugby World Cup was in 2019, and it was actually in Japan. From September 20th to November 2nd. So this, like, overlaps oh. when rugby is probably at its height in Japan. And then if you go back to 2015, they, like, kind of shocked the world in the World Cup and they beat South Africa, hmm. which is just, like, huge. They don't get out of group stage, but then fast forward back to 2019, uh, Japan wins every game. They beat, like, Ireland, and then they get, then South Africa kind of beats their ass in the quarterfinals, but... I don't think they've ever gotten that far. Damn. And, like, when the World Cup is in your country, it's going to be, like, everywhere. So I think that's kind of why this manga was released at that time. That's interesting to bring up because mm -hmm. this is not the only recent uh, rugby-related piece of media from Japan. There's also one called Tri Nights that's on right now and is also apparently very bad. So it seems like rugby is having some kind of uh, surge in popularity in Japan, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I would agree. Mm -hmm. Are we really going to stop our rugby manga in the middle of a rugby World Cup? <laughs> yeah. Just doesn't seem smart. Dan, when does the World Cup end? It ended November 2nd. Okay, so pretty much what happens is once you get canceled, you get like three chapters to wrap it up. So literally they canceled it as soon as the World Cup ended. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the last issue was December 1st. So they said, all right, you're done. That's just so mean that like literally they were like, we were artificially keeping you in the magazine because of this. Yeah. I'm going to say 100% that's why he got past, like, 15 chapters was because of his timing. <laughs> you know what, man? If it was a little better, I might feel bad about him. But that guy got lucky. Okay, so why don't we get into why we feel this way about Beast Children? Jordan, why don't you start us off with discussing the art? Wow, the art sucks. Yeah. It looks like some deviant art level shit. Mm -hmm. So something that kept bugging the shit out of me was that I think he drew the rugby ball once and just constantly edited that one image of the rugby ball, making it bigger or smaller, and just putting it in different images because it's the same drawing every time. Yeah. And it looks horrible. Yeah, it really does. The most shocking thing 
So this is something that happens a lot in various types of manga. It's a technique from anime when you show a character talking from the side and you want to have them talking. A lot of anime, if it's cheaper, will draw uh, the profile of the person's face with their mouth closed and then just kind of have a mouth talk like next to it. It's hard to explain, but if you've seen Pokemon, you've seen this. I call it the Dominic Deegan mouth because that happened in a terrible webcomic called Dominic Deegan. Here's the problem. A lot of manga, especially this manga, does this a lot and you don't need to because you only have to draw that profile once. Yeah. There's no reason to use it. It just looks bad. Mm -hmm. This manga especially gets it really bad because they put the mouth so far back sometimes that it just looks like there's a weird mouth on the guy's cheek. It's bad. I also noticed that there is a lot of weird, like, consistency issues. For instance, everyone's just very disproportionate. There are people with giant torsos or legs, and then their heads are, like, substantially smaller than they should be. Or, like, people's eyes just look like they're, like, sliding off their faces. Yeah. The artist does not have a solid grasp of human proportions. Yeah, even I was, like, catching some pretty blatant anatomy mistakes. <sighs> yeah. One scene that really caught me was, like, they're playing a game, and he, like, steals the ball, and then he just gets tackled by a dude who pretty much got teleported into a spot so he could tackle him. Because there is no setup for this guy being anywhere near him, and he just pops out of nowhere. Like, they show him, like, by himself, and then he just gets tackled. Absolutely. Uh, this manga is very bad at consistent storytelling. All right, Dan, what were your thoughts on the art? Yeah, so I have to agree with Jordan on the ball, like the same ball every single time. And there is one rugby ball, mm -hmm. yeah. Gilbert. It's like basically Spalding for basketball. And I felt like they were like a co-sponsor because it just shows up like every time. It's like Gilbert. And like typically when you're playing rugby, it's muddy. So like you're not going to see like a perfect ball. And it's every time. It's just like, here, Gilbert. But yeah, the artwork was terrible. Like I felt like I couldn't tell what the lineouts were, like who was set up where. Like Like you said when... The guy just comes out of nowhere and teleports and tackles him. Looks like he's going to score a try, which to anyone who doesn't know is the equivalent of a touchdown in rugby. And then you just get tackled by someone else on the other team. And that person just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> I couldn't see who's playing defense, like who they're going to pass to next. Like, it made no sense. Yeah. This manga does not care about the placement of the characters. It doesn't really treat these characters as if they're characters so much as they're just kind of props which I guess is a rugby pun, facilitate the actual game. So as a result, there's like no sense of space when they're playing the game, which is a real problem with rugby. Yeah, agreed. Mm -hmm. I haven't read it in a long time, but I feel like iShield 21 does it a lot better. I think we have talked about iShield 21 in every single episode so far, which is well-deserved because it's extremely well-written, it's very well-drawn, and it's extremely interesting. And like whenever we discuss like all these shonen sports mangas that just feel like they're missing like a manga element to them, that's because iShield 21 just did everything so well that it's kind of impossible to do anything in the space without being compared to iShield 21. And I feel like series like this and Robot Laser Beam, where they didn't want to be compared, just suffered because they're losing all of these kind of tropes or concepts that they can't build off of. I don't know, David. I got there are some moments where I was uh, specifically at Shield Twenty One. I think there's a moment with his phone actually in Beast Children where he mentions he doesn't have a lot of people in his contacts list, which is literally an emotional moment in I Shield Twenty One that doesn't work here at all. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting also to read Beast Children after reading uh, Robot Laser Beam. Yeah, so one thing I want to get into later on is I kind of think the people who made Robot Laser Beam and the people who made this should have switched sports. <laughs> yeah! Here's the thing, this manga still explains everything, and you see a lot of reaction shots, but rugby is actually interesting to watch. You don't need to have someone say why seeing someone get out of being tackled, or like someone like stopping a touchdown or a try is exciting, because it's just exciting in itself to see people tackle each other. Right, whereas golf is boring inherently. Yeah, and then Dan, I think you talked about before where they didn't even really like make use of showing some of the more interesting elements of the sport. Yeah, exactly. It was too close up, like it was always like the ball carrier and then them getting tackled. Is rugby we like football where if you don't have the ball, no one can really interact with you? Kind of. So, like, the biggest difference between, like, rugby and football, and they kind of told this in the mm -hmm. one of the chapters, was you can't block. Yeah. Like, that would be obstruction. That would be a penalty to the other team. So that's the biggest difference. But, like, I wouldn't compare rugby and football. Rugby's, like, much more like soccer. Mm. Like, the way you space out the field, the how, like, offsides is a thing. How, the field is literally a soccer field. So it's, like, the way you play rugby is more similar to soccer. It's just the tackling is the football correlation. Gotcha. Kicking. Well, no, kicking is obviously soccer. Pfft, duh. 
<laughs> Something I think we should probably get into, although I don't know if it's good to talk about it in the why it failed section, because I don't think it's necessarily bad thing so much as a surprising thing, was that this manga is very gay. Like, extremely so. Yes. There's definitely a very yaoi, which is the Japanese term for, like, very, like, male homosexuality, in this series. I mean, I think it's good that there's more gay stuff in mm-hmm. Shonen Jump and stuff. I think that's fine. I mean, I wish it was better than this. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of strange, like, because the thing with Sakura is that they play it up like he's a big rugby fan, but I think he's just gay and into touching guys. <laughs> but it's also the only part of rugby that he constantly talks about is tackling. True. And, like, running into the other guy at, like, full speed. Yeah. And it just really feels uh, very horny, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better term. He doesn't know shit about kicking, probably, because it doesn't involve touching large, muscular men. That's true. It honestly feels like he doesn't realize that that's why he likes rugby. Uh-huh. The way he looks at a lot of these guys... You can't interpret as any way other than, oh, he's into them. Do you think, like, he has a crush on the main rugby guy, or was that more of a father figure? Because one thing I noticed is that his father actually doesn't show up. His mom shows up maybe two or three times, but we never see his dad. You mean uh, Onotora, like, the original large rugby guy? Yeah, All Might. Yeah, All Might. So I was thinking about that, too. There's something kind of Freudian about it, because (laughs) it's sort of both. He meets Onotora when he is, like, eight. Yeah. So it's like... It almost feels like Onatora was like his sexual awakening, but also his father figure, yeah. Oh wait, his his dad does show up, I'm an idiot, because his dad was the one who took him to the rugby game. Oh, who cares? His dad is not a character. That's true. Okay, I just want to say I'm an idiot. <laughs> All those people who are going to read Beast Children go like, Wait a minute! His dad's right there! I thought David did his research! What the fuck? I'm never listening to Shonen Flop again! Oh, talk about a real flop. <laughs> this is Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. <laughs> Dan's left. He's just too ashamed that I didn't remember that this character shows up for one panel. I did not remember at all. Like, I, I would totally forgot. Like... There's, like, one moment in particular where Shin, who I'm not sure we've clarified, is a very large boy. He's, like, the captain of their team. And he's, like, helping Sakura stretch. And Sakura's like, should an upperclassman really be helping me with stretches like this? (laughs) And just the way that it is written and drawn just makes it feel like, is this supposed to be, like, a sexual thing? Yeah, he has, like, his leg on his chest. And I really wonder if his leg was originally lower and the editor made him redraw where his leg was. Let me read the dialogue that happens while Shin is stretching Sakura's leg and is on top of him. He says, he's huge. Even though there's only two years difference between us, I can't believe how large he is. Oh my. Oh my god. Now, Dan, did you do any sort of erotic stretching? Because this could just be the rugby culture. I personally did not, but, like, more masculine sports, like football, wrestling, and rugby, it's gonna be a little more gay, you know? Like, you're gonna be tackling, you're gonna be touching people, there's, like, weird butt stuff. Wait, what? Right, a scrum? If you're a lock, your head is going straight into, like, two guys' asses. (laughs) Yeah. And then, also, I briefly played in Portland, I didn't really play that much, but, like, in Portland, Oregon, there was a specific, like, LGBT team called the Portland Lumberjacks, and they were, like, an all, like, gay team. (laughs) Of course they're called the Lumberjacks. The Lumberjacks is a great name for a gay rugby team, honestly. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. The next thing I want to talk about, as you've talked about before, the characters just are all very flat and uninteresting. I think one of the problems with rugby is you just have so many characters that all have to be introduced at the same time you don't get to make them interesting. And so... None of them feel like they live their own lives or have any persona besides like one or two easily shown quirks. That makes them feel like these are actually people living in a real world and not just props to be on the rugby team. They don't all have to be that way. You could have more characters who are more of a character (laughs) than this manga has. I mean, like the only rugby players on the team that I can even think of, it's Sakura Shin and then this one guy named Wanabuchi who kicks a lot. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. I don't know any of the other characters, but yeah, they're just very flat. The other big character, Sora, he finally starts to get some character development during the last couple chapters when he joins the training camp, uh-huh. and then suddenly they introduce a bunch of other first years, and it's a very it's a very weird thing where it almost feels like the manga is trying to reset itself. Yeah. I, I really felt like the plot just kept meandering. 
Like, they have, like, that 14, and then nothing seems to come of it. And then they have the 7, and they make, like, this big arc of the 7. And then nothing really comes of it, except, like, seeing uh, his his rival again. And I just, like, to be honest, like, it was really hard for me to describe the plot summary in more than, like, two senses, because just nothing happens. If we're meandering and you're listening to this and going, like, man, it doesn't really sound like, uh, like, I can't really make heads or tails of this plot, that's because we can't. Yeah, I honestly can't tell you what happened in the series besides him, like, trying to join the rugby team and playing rugby, like, once. Yeah, I also got the sense it was interesting going from RXL to this, RXL, I mean Robot Laser Beam. Our listeners, they're, they're down with the RXL. Yeah, but Robo very clearly had autism. Yeah. Sakura has ADHD. Constantly like, oh, wow, he can't focus on anything. He's off in his own little world. Exactly. And I think that ties into the fact that the series has, like, no goal. Because one of the things I've noticed in the way I describe it is the main character wants to do this. Like, Zipman, he wants to be this hero, Jack. Golem Hearts, he wants to be the greatest golem arcanist in the world. Robot Laser Beam, he wants to be the best golfer in the world. But Sakura never says he wants to be, like, the world's best rugby player. He just wants to tackle people. Sakura wants to lose his proverbial virginity. Because the way they talk about tackling, I'm dead serious. It really does feel like he's like, I want to fuck you, Gito. <laughs> How about you, Dan? What were some elements that you would say you particularly didn't enjoy about the series? It is hard to make 15 rugby players like prominent in your series or just showing like hey like here's some context here's some i guess complexity um but i just felt like the characters they did show they were not complex at all really like sakura is just like this energetic adhd guy that's just running around trying to do everything oh no i forget his name the captain shin kajirai yeah he's just like this macho man that's just like yeah i love rugby blah 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 like let me take my shirt off all that stuff and then like yakuda's just silent like rival dude that is like kind of fine but like not really and also tries to help sakura too so it's just like it's very bland character development and i think the biggest problem is they play too much rugby <laughs> like it was like a game was like five chapters you need some dialogue that isn't like tackle him that is so fucking funny because up to this point david you described this manga to me as the rugby manga where they don't play rugby <laughs> well they don't play their like first real game until like four months into the series yeah yeah also i want to point out something that really fucking bugged me that you just reminded me of for some reason we don't learn until the last chapter that sakura got permission from onotora iki to call him master the whole premise of the school that he's going to is that onotora iki trained them all and was very close to them and was like a father figure to every single one of them and he dies and then all of a sudden this fucking kid named uh, sakura shows up he starts calling him master and telling them like what iki would have wanted or shit like that i would have fucking punched that kid fuck you you don't know onotora iki that guy was like my dad Mm-hmm. And now you're like, oh, he's my master, he's my master, you didn't know him, what the fuck? Like, I don't understand. So Shin, like, sticks up for Sakura, and he's like, he's really helping him all the time, and is very nice to him, and I don't understand why. Yeah. Like, maybe if it would have been cool if he had watched the tackling scene, where at the start of the series, we have a very generic moment where uh, Yukito is like, oh, if you can tackle me in five minutes, uh, I'll tell you what high school I'm going to, which is funny because he lied to him anyway. We see those Sora watches them play, and it would have made a little bit more sense if the captain had seen it too. At least it would have given them some sort of reason for why he felt a particular connection to see this guy like really trying and busting his ass against an opponent that's so much better than him and persevering. Yeah, They did this same thing in Robot Laser Beam, but it worked so much better. Mm-hmm. There's no character work done on Sora at all until the last two chapters, but he's there the whole time. I got the sense that Sora was like a weird author insert. Mm-hmm. He only exists to receive exposition and look like he knows more than what he's letting off, but he doesn't. I think my favorite Sora moment is where he's looking at this guy and you think, oh, he has a crush on him. And the, the guy asks him about it. And it turns out, no, he's not gay. He's just racist because the guy's black and he's he's nervous about it. Yeah, it's an extremely token black person that shows up just so he can be like, oh, we're different races. Because <laughs> otherwise everyone's Japanese. They have like a, a moment where they like zoom in on this character's face and they're like, in the rugby scrum, it doesn't matter your race. And it's like, dude, you just introduced that character. That has not been a theme in this manga up until this chapter. Yeah. What are you talking about? There are a lot of moments that try and be emotional that just, it does not earn at all. The manga does not earn any. Yeah, this manga doesn't earn a single thing. There is not 
any buildup to any moment in this series. No. You could literally read any chapter, and any moment would feel just as impactful if you had started from the first, or if you just jumped to, like, chapter 20. You could cut out those final two chapters completely devoid of context, and I think they would be just as cohesive as they are in context. Yeah. You just kind of cut out anything, because it's just like games. Like, they just play. So it's just like, okay, there's too many chapters for one game. And it's just like, if you pick it up, especially if you're reading this like live, I feel like it's hard to remember what happened in that game. I can't imagine reading this week over week. Oh my god. I'm just thinking, though, how this had 27 issues, and like the Golem Hearts guy, where like, if he'd had like 10 more chapters, he really could have made something. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? That this bullshit rugby manga where nothing happens got 27 chapters and I only got 15? I would be so mad if I was the Golem Hearts guy. And I read this shit. Yeah. This writing is like fan fiction level. This is some high school AU bullshit right here. If this was made by like a 17 year old in high school, I would have been very impressed. I truly do not understand how this met the quality standards for Shonen Jump. It is not a proud moment for Shonen Jump. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. I have a strong feeling this was a flop, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Loyal listeners will be able to probably guess where this lands on the ranking. Mm -hmm. The last thing I really wanted to discuss was also the series just does a terrible job of explaining rugby. Yeah. One moment that really stuck out to me is he shows like a diagram of the different positions and he has like the acronyms and stuff. But then he refers to them as numbers. And I'm like, why did your diagram not have the numbers you are referencing on it so we could understand what you're talking about? My eyes just glazed over whenever they were explaining shit about rugby because it also doesn't matter. In the last couple chapters, I feel like they go through all this uh, all this shit to try and get you up to speed on what exactly a scrum is because they haven't explained it up until then. <laughs> this is this is this this one. This series just kind of makes me mad at how bad it is. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Any final thoughts on the bad before we talk about the very short what it did well section? If this manga told me one more time that rugby was about fairness, I was going to explode. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We do good, clean tackles where you might break your arm and, you know, you die from playing the sport as we literally see. But we don't trip people. Yeah, well, but it's also every time they explain a rule of rugby, it's like, now rugby's about fairness, and that's why tackling works like this. You see, rugby operates on the rules of fairness, which is why a scrum is set up this way. What are you even talking about? Dan, was there, like, a big cheating scandal? There isn't a cheating scandal, but, like, rugby is very hard to officiate. When I was talking about the ruck before, when the offensive player hits the defensive player, like, a lot of shit can go down in that. Like, you could punch at each other's, like, balls and, like, can't see it. You could step on people. Like, it, it gets rough in there. So it's, like... Nice. It's not that fair. The only thing that is showing fairness is, like, you play rugby, and then, like, after the game, you're, like, buddy-buddy with the other team. Like, it's not like, oh, like, fuck you, I hate you. Oh. Yeah. This this manga's idea about what fairness is seems to you know that thing at the end of kids' soccer games where you all line up next to each other? Yeah, good game, good game. Yeah, good game, good game. This manga seems to say that like that is the epitome of fairness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well they literally do that too. Where they gave like thumbs up or bow and it's like I just remember how they were like, oh, it was like if the ball went backwards or something, like, this rule is just broken too many times, we just don't care anymore. <laughs> Dan, do you remember offhand what rule I'm thinking of? A knock-on, right, is so when you try to catch the ball, mm -hmm. and then it goes forward, that's a knock-on. Basically, anytime you drop the ball, but the confusing thing is, try to catch it and the ball goes backwards, that's fine. I've watched enough football to see similar things. Like, I know my dad always talks about how there's holding on every on every single play, they just decide not to call it certain times. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, why don't we talk about the very short list of things we liked about this series. Dan, would you like to lead us off? You had this as why it failed. I thought they actually kind of explained rugby kind of well, or at least like they plugged in Sora to say all these rules, like, oh, this is a scrum, this is a line out, this is like this and that. Yeah. So I actually thought they kind of did that well. Like there was one part where they calling Mark inside your own 22 is not really a basic role. And they kind of explained that, which I kind of like, but I guess like, I don't know, I know rugby, so I'm not the perfect like context for this. Mm -hmm. But, like, what they could have done better on that is they could have mashed that in, like, one chapter. Like, Sora could have talked to that manager, and they could have done all that in the beginning, and then, like, never had to do that again. I feel like after the first rugby game, I should know everything I need to know about rugby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I see what you mean where it explained that information, but I just feel like it did it in a very boring way. Just, it didn't stick. Yeah. Which I think the author realized because they had to keep explaining it, but, like, they shouldn't have been explaining, like, what a try is, and, like, chapter 25 of his explanation methods had been successful. Yeah. 
I feel like Dan's just like, all right, fuck you guys. <laughs> no, like, I mean, if he got his point across, right, like, he wouldn't have to explain this every single time. And it just seems like it's like every chapter is like a new thing. Do it all at once, and then, like, you could almost go back to that chapter if you have questions. I want to stress this was supposed to be the things we like section, but we just <laughs> we just went back. You know, so Dan's like, yeah, actually, never mind. Scratch, scratch the one thing I thought the series did well. You guys are right. Yeah, I knew how to play rugby, so the fact that it explained things shittily, I didn't even notice. Yeah, pretty much. I will now explain something that I genuinely liked, or that I genuinely thought had potential at least. I thought the moments where they were talking about the grief people felt over Onotora dying was very interesting, especially when they followed his son Yukito, because Yukito was like, I'm going to be better at rugby than you, dad. And when his dad dies, it's this emotional moment where it's like, you know, it's the shonen thing where like, how am I supposed to surpass you now? Which is a common thing in shonen. They just kind of show him sort of lethargic and upset watching old rugby videos, and I thought it was actually a pretty strong moment. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have seen more about that. Whenever they talk about that, it's like, huh, this does kind of have some level of emotional weight, which is just completely absent from every other aspect. That makes a lot of sense, and I think the writer just didn't earn and wasn't good enough to really build up this emotional thing, because I totally understand how rugby, out of like all team sports, is the most about closely bonding with your team members due to the physicality of it, and he just didn't play in that space at all. Yeah. But one thing I really enjoyed was I will admit there were a few moments where the art was at least, I won't say great, but passable. Like, if it was a quality, I wouldn't have noticed. Like, for instance, when he is breaking through a defensive position, there's this cool imagery where he's breaking through what looks like shattered glass. Yeah. To tackle this guy, and it just looked really cool. Yeah, there are a couple larger shots where I, I think the art gets way more competent when they're showing him in motion. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they show him with this weird fisheye lens look that looks kind of cool. Yeah. But those moments are few and far between, and when they're not happening, the art is trash. Mm -hmm. The next thing I want to talk about is just a character, Sora, is heads and shoulders above in terms of quality of any art character. Yeah. He actually has a semblance of personality. He actually cares about our people. He has motivations. Grading on a curve for the series, he actually feels like a real person. He should honestly be the main character. Yeah. I think the fact that he didn't join the rugby team at the start was a very good decision, because it really showed that there are supporting people in Sakura's life. I know he ends up joining at the end, but it was wrapping up anyway, so it didn't really matter. I kind of disagree, because, like, theoretically that's true, but in practice, man, we could have used that extra good character on the rugby team. <laughs> it's true. You have so many spots to fill. It's like he's wasting time on this supporting character and not at all doing anything with the rugby supporting characters. The last thing that I thought the series did well is they actually don't play into the laziest like shonen trope about the stamina thing, and they actually kind of go against it. Where they never explicitly are like, oh, Sakura, you know, he's too tired to keep going. They talk about it a little bit, but it actually seems to be handled realistically, because it's like rugby. You know, you're sprinting, you're running and tackling. It is extremely reasonable for you to be beyond exhausted they never are like oh soccer's fucking up because he's just so tired and yeah. we decided to play that drama card like when he's knocked out of the field it's because he got hurt which is very reasonable reason for him to be out of the game for a few minutes that's a very good point for context and robot laser beam uh, the main character robo starts getting exhausted playing golf <laughs> what <laughs> yeah he just he can't he's like 18 holes is too much he like hits his limit on like hole 15 and he's just like sweating up a storm and he can't like play golf he's this young character who supposedly runs like miles every day yeah he's 19 gets tired playing golf like okay yes yeah this is a real thing where every match he starts fucking up because he's tired that's dumb that's real dumb <laughs> yeah i just bring this up to explain why that was a high point for david <laughs> Thank you. Hey, giving some more context, I appreciate that. Yeah. I just can't think of anything really good. Like, I'm I'm racking my brain trying to think about anything else that was, like, really good. Mm -hmm. Or competent, instance of, like, the art being decent twice. Let's go into my favorite section, which is really discussing how we would have salvaged the series. Jordan, would you like to lead us off? It sort of starts to course correct at the very end. As much as we shit on those last couple chapters, I feel like if those were like the first chapters, that might have been a little better because we're introducing a new cast, we're following Sora, who's a more interesting character, and just kind of follow the story of Sora. He's a character who's never really been into sports. I mean, like, they mentioned he was on the soccer team, but like, he talks about it like, oh, 
oh, I'm all alone and I just kind of play video games in my house and stuff. Uh-huh. And then Sakura basically forces him to join the rugby team and it's kind of like, oh wow, it's like I'm starting to build something of a community. Which is, I think, what the series wanted to do, but it doesn't make sense with Sora because he's such an outgoing character. <laughs> yeah. And everybody seems to automatically love him for no reason. Yeah, that's true. How about you, Dan? going off of Sora. Like, I just really would have liked to see a love story between that manager and Sora. Like, I thought that would have been kind of interesting and kind of like a change of pace. Just like, hey, like, let's find out more about each other and, like, go to more rugby games and, like, chat more. On one hand, I agree. On the other hand, I would have felt like if they introduced a straight relationship in this, that it was like, oh, you're chickening out. Oh, true. Yeah. (laughs) I got big gay vibes from Sora. Absolutely. He shows up on that field and starts looking at those guys, and they have him making, like, flowery heart eyes at, like, these muscular (laughs) boys. (laughs) Yeah. I'm gonna go on a limb and say a romance here would not be a straight one. Nah. (laughs) That makes sense. I don't think I caught that, which is probably dumb. It's okay, Dan. You're focusing on the sport. Yeah, yeah. Focused on the ball, you know, the sweet stretches. I on the ball, not on the balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, I don't know, this isn't like a total solution that I could make, but give the characters some more depth. It's just like one thing. Yeah. Sakura is ADHD. He's all this energy. He wants to do everything. Shin is this kind of frat bro dude that's just like, oh yeah, I buff all this stuff. And just like give them more time to do stuff instead of playing rugby. Yeah. So it's like, play less rugby, more characters. My thoughts were I would just cut the entire middle school story and just start it him trying to join the rugby team at the school. And I think a really thing that would have really helped is if they had exclusively focused on seven mans, mm. because then you know all the characters are interesting. Just 15 characters is just way too much. You can expand to 15 later on, but starting at seven just means that you have so much more energy you can put into these characters to make them interesting. I totally agree. And I also think that the author realized this about halfway through when he brought, when he introduced the sevens. Yeah. So the only thing on that is like when this is released right it's the world cup so they're playing 15 so i think it would throw off the time if it was like sevens to start but that is a much better idea ah introducing and juggling 15 characters is something that maybe only a very good artist could do or mangaka and this guy's not a very good mangaka so yeah like the guy who makes One Piece, he built up to it. For context, Dan, One Piece is about, like, a pirate crew, and only now are they at 10 members of the crew, and the manga's literally been going on for 20 years. Uh, I'm currently trying to catch up with it. I am, like, 300 chapters in. There's a 1,000 chapters in this thing. Mm-hmm. How many people are on an average football team? There's 11 on the field. I shield 21, like, the dude just gives up and he's like, yeah, there's just, like, four characters that they just don't matter, and that's, like, the joke about these characters, so they just focus on, like, six members of the team that people actually care about. Oh. <laughs> no joke, there's one character where his special abilities, people forget he's on the field, <laughs> and so they use him for, like, interceptions and, like, long Hail Marys, because no one even noticed he was, like, standing at the end oh, of the goal. Completely forget about that guy. The series is so yeah. good. We keep bringing it up because it's just very good. And it's also the only sports manga I've ever read until we started this show. So when I talk about sports manga, I just bring up iShield. Yeah, I, I figure at one point Jordan will do a special on like mangas we actually recommend. Yeah. The next thing I thought would also be really interesting is this whole like biology versus the family you make dynamic where everyone's kind of got ownership of Yukiko's dad. I thought was an interesting dynamic and just how there's really this kind of like brotherly connection of rugby teams. And I thought that would have really been interesting. Like Sakura really has like a shitty own life. And this is where he's making his family, or maybe Sora. He's an interesting character, so he deserves to have an interesting background. I think that speaks to the biggest issue here, which is this manga doesn't tell me why I should care about these people. Yeah. It tells me it wants me to care about Sora, and it wants me to care about Shin, Mm -hmm. and Yukito, and Iki, and it doesn't tell me why. Why the fuck should I care? Yeah. Another thing I thought would be cool is I was talking to my friend Amanda, who's on a women's rugby team. So shout out to Amanda Imperial, where, you know, it's not unheard of that the men and women's team do some stuff together. And I think that would have been a really interesting way to change things up, but also add a like more serious female cast. Because then you really could have had some regular interactions and just get some nice gender diversity where literally there's one named female character in this entire series. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Dan, from your perspective, like, what do you think of that idea where they could have like embraced women rugby more? I know Amanda, I know what she's talking about, so, like, there's definitely, like, a team camaraderie between, Mm -hmm. especially, like, at school, of course there's gonna be a woman team, so they could have added that in, add more, like, dynamic stuff, so that's a good idea. 
You're right, but at the same time, I don't know if adding more definitely going to be poorly written characters to this manga would have helped it. <laughs> that is true. And then my final final idea, as we discussed, is really just trade sports with the guys who made Robot Laser Beam. Because, you know, golf, you have to explain everything. Rugby, you show, don't tell. And they just <laughs> really did the opposite. Robot Laser Beam, they show us a lot of golf and it's not interesting. Well, this guy just explains a lot of rugby, which where it would have been interesting if the Mangako was a lot more yeah. competent at actually showing rugby. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen the Robot Laser Beam guy do Beast Children. I would not give a shit if the guy from Beast Children did Robot Laser Beam. <laughs> True. Another interesting thing is just, um, so the guy who made Robot Laser Beam, he did this basketball manga, which has, like, a really huge, like, gay following. Oh, so he would have been perfect for this. Wow. Yeah, he would have really been perfect. I should send this idea to Shonen Jump. It's like how we wanted the Golem Hearts and the Zipman to team up, because one can't write and one can't draw, so they would have really made, like, this awesome manga together. <laughs> it could have also been a beautiful coming-of-age story of Sakura learning about himself and learn. Just make it gay or whatever. <laughs> just make it super gay. If you're gonna do it, do it! And then, <laughs> let's move on to the miscellaneous thoughts. How about you, Dan? I don't really have any. I don't know. I just thought this wasn't great. Jordan, do you have any miscellaneous thoughts you'd like to discuss? I feel like I kind of just said what I needed to say about it. It's bad. The art's bad. Characters are boring. I feel like it was made by somebody on DeviantArt. So should we just jump to the final verdict section? Because you guys really just want to keep trashing this series. Oh, you don't? Well, I was going to just talk about, like, did you notice they changed the animal that the team represents from a wolf to a tiger, like, midway through without ex any explanation? I only noticed the tiger. When they do the game against themselves, it's a wolf. Oh, that's weird. That just proves you how bad the artwork is, because, like, you were the only one that caught that. <laughs> and then um, I noticed that there were, like, some character quirks that they just dropped. Like, the main character apparently has, like, tunnel vision, where he'll just literally he spaced out for, like, six hours during school, and then it just never comes up again. Yeah, no, his ADD doesn't matter. They actually don't show them doing anything school-related. School only matters because it determines where the character is going to go to play rugby. One thing I thought actually was cute was that in the first real rugby game, the main character actually gets hurt the same way as his hero does, where he gets, like, a scrape across the side of his face. Oh. So if you go back to, like, when they're like, oh, we're both bleeding, the injury that his hero had is identical to the one he gets in his first, like, real game. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. The place that uploaded the chapters forgot to upload the last chapter, so I had to go to a different website to find it, which was great. <laughs> Something that I did want to touch on is the thing about Sakura, like, um, the name Sakura, usually see it, uh, as a girl's name. I don't know how unisex that is, but, like, it's kind of rare. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they were trying to do something with that in terms of gender, because Sakura is also portrayed as very feminine. Yeah, he's a soft boy, that's for sure. With thick legs, though. Yeah, big old thick legs. He's a twink. He goes from otter to bear at the waist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, let's get to the final verdict. Dan, why don't you give us your final thoughts and then your six-word summary for the series? Didn't think this was a very good manga. Uh, I don't know. It was just hard to follow. The characters didn't really do much. Like, they played too much rugby. The artwork was bad. They didn't really do a lot well. But, like, the timing of it, I felt like if they did this right, like, if they started when they were doing the scrum and they were explaining that and adding Sora, who was definitely one of the most interesting characters, if not... Definitely the most interesting character. If they focused on him initially in the beginning. It's not saying much. Right, yeah. <laughs> For my six-word summary, I have good idea, terrible execution, and artwork. Yeah. And then obviously a block. How about you, Jordan? Mike is bad, David. <laughs> How bad is it? It's just not good. It does everything on a very amateurish level. I think you called it right when you said it read like a, a well-done high school manga. But it's just, characters are boring, can't follow what's happening, and I don't give a fuck about anybody in this. Yeah. So I guess my six-word summary would be, rugby deserves a better manga, please. Please clap. <laughs> Jeb the manga. Oh god, that's the million dollar idea. There you go. So overall, I would agree, just everything about this was at best mediocre which after i say that that just sounds really cruel it's true though they took a sport i would think would be able to be made into an extremely interesting shonen manga similar to how i shield 21 handled football and they just completely fail in every single possible way none of the characters matter except for Sora, who isn't even the main focus there's no overall focus to the series it's a struggle to even talk about what it was about it's not made me any more interested in rugby than i was before which like Robot Laser Beam actually made me be like, yeah, I could play around at golf after reading this. This has made me not want to have any interest in rugby. I arguably care less. 
Sorry, Dan. It definitely did a disservice. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would say in six words, small bean with big rugby dreams. Oh, that's good. That's good. (laughs) That was the first six word summary I thought of. And I was like, all right, well, I've done it. (laughs) Yeah. Mission complete. (laughs) I mean, I don't think it's accurate because you left out that it's shit, but. Shitty bean. (laughs) Shitty bean. (laughs) And then I would say this is 100% the most certified flop we have ever read. Absolutely. It's not a flop. It is a certified flop. It's like Ron Tomato says, certified fresh. This is complete horseshit. Don't read it, even if you were just interested to see how bad it is. It just sucks. <laughs> yeah, and I just still feel really bad for the Golemhards. <laughs> he could have gotten 10 more chapters instead of this shit. And then, so Jordan, how would you say this compares to Robot Laser Beam as the best manga we've read so far? Oh my god. Especially to compare it to Robot Laser Beam, which does a lot of the things that this manga sets out to do but just does it so much better. Yeah. Like, at least the early parts of Robot Laser Beam just accomplish so many of the same emotional story-driven notes that this one wants to do and just flops entirely. Yeah, so Robot Laser Beam actually will be the first series to keep the crown. Woohoo! Shout out to Robot Laser Beam for being decent, but still not that great, but better than this. For being good in comparison. Yes, gooder. Gooder in comparison. Robot Laser Beam is gooder than Beast Children. Yes, I co-signed that statement. So Jordan, there's rumor that there is a competitor podcast in the space that you want to talk about. You mean our our rivals? Yes, Shonen Fiasco. So, funny story here. After we put out the first, was it the first or second episode that we I think it was Robot Laser Beam. Yeah, so after Laser Beam, we got a notification on Twitter from somebody who was very angry because they had come up with an idea for a podcast about canceled Shonen Jump manga, and they were going to call it Shonen Flop, and they had a logo and everything, and they'd been working on it for a few months, and just at the last second, we sniped them. Yeah, we came out like a month before they were ready to launch. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. I know, right? I know. That's crazy. So uh, I'm really glad I snagged all the Shonen Flop stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you got the website too, so it's like, you're set. Yeah. They were very amicable about it. It was more of like a joke, so they've renamed it. It's still a really awesome podcast. We're going to be doing a crossover episode soon, and you can find them at the link in the description below. And then I, as always, want to give a shout out to the Weekly Cooldown. Super awesome podcast. I plug them every week just because it's just done by such an awesome guy. Link in the description below. Definitely worth checking out. And then I also want to talk about two new things. The first one is a newsletter that is done by my friend Kevin LaBuzz called Below the Line. And what he does is every week he really looks at kind of really interesting developments and how they impact business. An issue I thought was really exciting was he talked about Joe Rogan and how his impact with the Spotify deal and really what it means for the entire podcasting industry. You can find a link to that, of course, in the description below. I also want to give a shout out to my friend's Chance Devour Hour. He actually is reviewing different hot wings places in Rochester, New York. You can find a link to that in the description below. It's really awesome. He is this really hilarious guy in Rochester. I've known him and his two other brothers for almost a decade now. He's a guy to look out for. He's going to be famous before you know it. I also want to give a shout out to Jordan for creating the awesome intro music. Ooh. Dan, I believe you have a podcast. Would you like to talk about it? Yes, I do. <laughs> thank you, David. Uh, well, first off, thank you for letting me come on the podcast. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so my podcast is Snowflake Sports Podcast. And basically what we try to do is we try to cover the NBA and the NFL. And then we just throw some kind of politics at the end, uh, just following the Democratic nomination process and just any other kind of DSA things that are going on. But this week we'll be doing the Washington Deadskins, who I call Deadskins because their actual name is racist because they're changing their name. That's a good way of going about it, yeah. Yeah, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said that no professional sports will be allowed to play, and Bill Twitter was kind of angry on that. <laughs> kind of stupid. And then a couple NBA players are deciding to sit and not go to Orlando in that Orlando bubble. And then Maya Moore did an amazing thing um, when she quit her career to help pursue prison reform. Please check it out. We're on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to join Jordan and I for this episode of Shonen Flop. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure. I love the pod. A lot of fun. And thank you, our dear listeners, for joining us. You can find Shonen Flop on Facebook and Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.libsyn.com. We're also on Spotify and iTunes, and if you can rate and subscribe, it helps us be able to put out more episodes. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Dan. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers.